Derek Lamont Wayne the first. And we got Bobby Rich Green, Dick Jasmine. What's up, what's up, what's up, y'all? How you feel? Hey, what's going on with you, Big D? Yeah, we like we like to send uh, our well wishes and good thoughts to little lady in the house, mom. She's in the hospital. She's in the hospital with her mom. She's gonna try to make it in with us. But um all our uh, well wishes out to her and hopefully she's okay and everything. Get well, mom. Yes. She insisted that the show must go on, so the show must go on. You know what I mean? What's up, everybody? How we living? Man, oh, man. I think it's still, still Libra season, bro. Is it? Yeah, these, these Libras to take it over. I think we're about to roll into uh, Scorpio season, though, pretty soon. Yeah, so happy birthday to all Scorpios. <laughs> them damn Scorpios. So, uh, again, man, you know, when you see the, the like and share on the video... We're trying to push this platform as far as we can take it. We need you guys' help, so like it, share it. Everybody who be on with us, you know what I mean? We're trying to <clears throat> tell it like a T.I. is, you know what I mean? And uh, so uh, there's a lot of fuckery going on <laughs> as usual, you know what I mean? So uh, we're going to dive right into it. Daily deep dive. We're going to dive right into it, peoples. So, uh, Rich, Rich Green, Dick Dasley. Talk to me. Talk to me, D. want to go ahead and set it off, man. What's, what, you know, what, 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 what everybody's probably been on the last couple of days. Well, you know what, man? I am definitely going to do that. I'm sure, Link. Well, if you haven't heard, you've probably been under a rock. Yeah. But uh, there was another There's murder. A few people just, just seeing it. Yeah, well, you know what? I, I'm, I don't necessarily even watch the news, but I get these types of things. Right. You know, then I, I dive in and I start researching. But uh, there was a young lady murdered in a Dallas-Fort Worth area uh, by the police. Uh, goes by the name of Tatiana Jefferson, 28 years old. Neighbor called for a wellness check or welfare check, uh, however you want to uh, put it, to make sure that she was okay as he had uh, come home and noticed her door open. Mm -hmm. And he said he probably would have went to do it. And I, I'm going to share that video once I get all the way up. Uh, I'm going to share that video. But he said he went to go check on her. Uh, he just didn't want to walk in, so he called the police and said, hey, you know, if you, could you guys just check out to make sure that they're okay over there? Well, Tatiana was in the house with her nephew, her eight-year-old nephew, and they're playing video games. She's she's 28 herself. And um, within seconds after the cops arrived, she was dead. There was a number of officers. I believe they said it was uh, up to four officers that came. She was actually shot through a screen door. So less than uh, four minutes, seconds, four seconds, after they made contact with her, she was dead. And, uh, you know, I understand, you know, you got people who get nervous the whole night, but you're going there for a wellness check. And uh, normally what that entails is to make sure that the resident there is okay. Yeah, you want to be on guard, I, I, would, I would assume, and if it's someone from law enforcement, please chime in. But you want to make sure you, you secure the area, which I thought they did. 
Um, what's crazy is I don't think anyone entered from the open front door or knocked on the front door. Exactly. They went to the side of the house, and I believe she was shot through that screen on the side of the house. They're, they're withholding the video as of now. I just shared the link in there, and uh, if we want to go ahead, I'll just read the article, and then we can start uh, talking about it. Uh, moments before she was fatally shot inside her home early Saturday morning, 28-year-old Itatiana Jefferson was playing video games with her nephew. Just before 2.30 a.m. on October 12th, police responded to a welfare call in the 1200 block of East Allen Avenue, where neighbor James Smith grew concerned when he noticed Jefferson's front door was ajar. When officers arrived, they searched the perimeter of the house and saw a person standing inside the residence near a window. Because that's where normally most criminals stand right near a window. In a statement released Saturday afternoon, the Fort Worth Police Department said an officer, whose name has not been released, perceived a threat, then drew his weapon. He fired one strike, striking and killing Jefferson. She died at the scene. Smith recalled that he saw no lights, heard no sirens, and witnessed no officers identifying themselves before the shooting. Three or four tactical officers come, come from around the corner. Someone walked across the street in front of her house, past the front door, which was open. Go down the side of her house to the rear of the house, and in less than a minute, I, hear, I heard gunshots, he said. FWPD Fort Worth Police Department later came out with the one minute and 20 second clip of the officer's body camera video. It showed officers moving alongside the home into the backyard. Hold on a second. To the backyard with flashlights shining right before one shouted at Jefferson to put her hands up. She was shot seconds later through a screen window. Now, I actually have not seen that minute and 20 second video. But I watched it. Let me go ahead and share that once I find that. Um, hey, I, I've never been a police officer. For all the great police officers that are out there, I respect you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for putting your life on the line daily. I know it's a dangerous job dealing with the public. Uh, you have a lot of people out here who aren't uh, probably mentally capable of doing what they're supposed to do mm -hmm. uh, or, or being the people that... Uh, we would like them to be. So, you know, you probably deal with a lot of things. But in a call like this, based on what I just heard uh, or read, I like to see the video. Uh, it seemed to be quite excessive. Um, it seems to me that just the color of the lady's skin, once again, you hate to bring race into this, but let's be real about it. It's, a, it's the real threat because we've seen them disarmed, disarmed, armed white folks, uh, mass murderers. People who have done heinous crimes, dismembered people, and, and brought them out to uh, justice and cuffs, no harm. You see this lady, 28 years old, unarmed, and she's dead within a minute of their arrival. You know, no sirens, no anything. She could have been thinking they were prowlers. Mm -hmm. So just imagine how terrified she was in the last seconds of her life. You know, she her, her thought process might have been, I got to protect my nephew, and now she's gone. So... You know, I don't know if this was a case. I don't know if this is a standard procedure or if this was the case of the uh, police acting overzealous. But based on what we've seen uh, time and time again, it seems to be an overzealousness when dealing with people of color. And consequently, uh, or coincidentally, the <clears throat> person who called was a man of color himself. So um, I believe he was calling out of a genuine concern. 
but it goes a little deeper than that too. Uh, I believe this goes to the lack of having a true neighborhood instead of just hoods or places we live. If if I saw my next door neighbor, who we're pretty close, all my neighbors, we know each other. If I saw something like that, I feel empowered to question. Matter of fact, someone was stealing a bike off my porch. You know, my son never locked his bike up, is on the porch and neighbor kid was borrowing it. I really feel he would return it. I really do, <laughs> I do. This happened yesterday. And uh, you know, it was a neighbor who stopped him. Like, hey, hold on. Because we know each other. We have that that sense, that communal sense of knowing each other. If we get back to that, do these things stop where we don't? It's, it's almost a shame when we feel like we can't involve the police with our daily life because it are exacerbated. We're scared like, oh, if I call the police for this argument, somebody can end up dead. Mm-hmm. So it leads to a level of vigilanteism that, you know, you don't want. But we, back in the day, we made police the last resort that we called. We handle, we call, you know, our cousins and them, you know, to handle these type of situations and something like that. We used to be neighborly enough. Right. That we we could go over. I'm like, oh man, Miss Morgan, she left the door open. Let me go see Thea at the house. What's going on? Oh, let me go in there. Make it, you know, I'm going in there. I'm I'm making sure everything cool, you know. So I believe it's a, it's a culmination of things. One, we aren't neighbors like we used to be, and two, the police are overzealous, especially when it comes to people of color. I'm just glad that the eight year old boy survived because. He could have just as well been shot. Just this, uh, it's a tragedy. I feel for her family and my condolences and uh, well wishes to her family. What's your thoughts, Dee? This case right here is just unbelievable to me. And uh, let's start with the brother who made the who made the call to the police. And again, like you said, why couldn't? He just knock on the door. Why couldn't somebody just knock on the, on the door? You know, ring the doorbell. Like, okay, you see the woman's door is ajar, or, and it's not it's unusual. So you had to be somewhat familiar with the woman. You know what I mean? You had to be somewhat familiar with, but you know, she's 28 years old. Like, you know, you having a wellness check on a 28 year old woman. Okay, you call the police. Police get there for a wellness check, right? Just to see if somebody's okay. I would think the first thing you do is knock on the door. Like who? Why couldn't somebody just knock on this woman's door? I you know. And if you that. watch the video, they're prowling around the side of the house with the flashlight, with the gun. Like nobody reported a robbery. Nobody like identified themselves as right, officers. Right? It, it, it was yeah. It was in, it was nobody knocked on the door. Nobody rung the doorbell. Nobody. You know, like, like he didn't call and say, you know what? I think somebody broke in my neighbor's house. The approach that they took was like somebody broke in the house. No, he called and said, you know, I think, you know, I want to make sure she's okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? It would have been nice for them to call, somebody to call. It would have been nice for somebody to, hey, knock on the door and see if anybody responds. Correct. You know, that would, I would think would be, I'm no police officer. I haven't been trained. You know what I mean? But I would think if I was doing a wellness check, First thing I'm going to do is knock on the door and see if anybody comes to the door. Nobody comes to the door. Then I circle around the window and see if I see anything suspicious. If I don't see anything, then I might walk into the house. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, So, guns drawn. Guns drawn. Yeah. Nothing real about it. But, you know, I want to give whoever may or may not be in the house whatever chance I can give them because that's what it is. So, as soon as you see, and then there's like, so there's no doorbell. There's no knock. 
And then you see a person, he says, hands up, and he fires. Just like that. That's what he said. He said, I think you put your hands up, and he fires. Wow. Like, I didn't even time to put my hands up. How the fuck I put my hands up? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, what, that's exactly what happened. Mm. And then now you see, now, and they have edited the video where you see a gun now in the house. Okay, and they, and they made it known that oh, there was a firearm in the house. Why do they do that? Well, yeah, they, they, well they do it because they have to criminalize her because they know the cop was in the wrong. You know, they know this, this cop was in the wrong. So now they have to try, they, they have to, they're going to close ranks like the police do and try to protect their own, whether they're right or wrong. But, they, but people get upset when the black community does that with our people. When we close ranks and we protect killers and murderers and rapists, right or wrong, you know, they're like, well, we can't do our job because you guys won't, won't, won't tell. Well, y'all don't, y'all, you don't persecute and your, your officers who are right or wrong, you know, rightfully or wrongfully, you know what I mean? So how do you, it's just, it's just mind blowing that this, this could happen to this woman, that you could be sitting at home with your nephew playing a video game. And the cop, I seen the, the memes like, don't, don't, don't call the police for the wellness check on me. You know what I mean? You don't call the police to come check because you know the wellness check turns into a murder. Yeah. And it's a shame, like you said, that you can't call the police or, or are unwilling to call the police because you you know you don't you're afraid the situation is gonna get escalated to somebody dying Correct. and not the other way around. Yeah. Well, you don't even feel protected by calling. You know. It's crazy because I can say as a as a black male in America, this is the only place I ever lived, you know, having the cops around don't make me feel safer. It actually puts me a little bit more on edge. We policed a little bit differently. Uh, they were handled a little bit differently. It's a zero tolerance type of mentality when it comes to us. And don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, um, it's the hate that hate made. Just last week, you know, I just discussed the six-year-old who got shot in Cleveland. I like to get an update. And I wanted to have an update. Mm-hmm and see if they uh, apprehended those people because we need to be just as upset when one of us is killed by us. As a matter of fact, it should be 10 times um, that because we don't need that. But this is not the point where we need that old mantra where the cop killers, oh, what about black on black crime? It's two totally different things. These are people who are licensed to serve and protect. Now, we did have a few comments underneath that uh Underneath that, we go back to that the post, the original post. So uh, that I shared. And this is in, on the full disclosure play page. Please go like and uh, share our page. You know, become regulars on the page. That way, when we put stuff out there, you know, you can see it. You can have your comments. Feel free to uh, call in. I'm gonna play an audio of the neighbor that called. But here's some of the. Uh, the comments that I got related to the mm-hmm. to the video. All right, first comment is by Dr. Wendy Douglas. She said they need to really increase the common sense requirements for police officers. Antonio Mitchell said, "This is so this is so fucked up. Cops are worthless. They don't do shit but give tickets and kill black people, and they scary as fuck. Fuck the law." Um, Pig ass cops, you know, emojis. <laughs> uh, slave patrol assholes. I'm mad as fuck. I'm sick of this shit. And it, and it, well, it, it, I, I echo his sentiment 100%. Because that's what it makes you feel like. It makes you, you know, feel like that. that. That's what it makes 
you know, and it, and let's make a note. Now, this is in the same area where we just had the, the Botham John. John case. Mm -hmm. You know, the same area. You know, now police are pissed because one of their own blue, you know, blue lives matter. And uh, one of their own. And uh, it's pissed. And so now if something like this happens, what, a week? Or such later, you know what I mean? Like, right. it, I, I'm sorry, I, I I can't not see it that way. You know what I mean? Like, like now, you know, you know, you know how the narrative where, and we know like when a police officer is killed or something happens, that you know, police out for blood. We know, you know. Yeah, what I mean? oh, we, yeah. We've always known that, like, something happened to a cop. We all have to be careful. We all have to look out. You better watch out. You know, and that's the, and that's the narrative that we fear. So now something did happen to a cop. And within a week now, which we're going to get into later, a brother gets killed who testifies in, in, in the trial, and a, and a young African-American woman gets gunned down in her own home. Oh. Now, come on, man. Yeah. We were we were out with the join the show. Miss Lisa has made it in. Yeah, welcome, welcome. What's up, ladies? What's up, everybody? Little lady, the house is in the house. Yeah. Well, from uh, Antonio's comment, this is what I said to him, and I think I should share this because of what he was saying about cops in general. I understand the frustration. This is what I told him. I said, I understand your frustrations. It's dangerous, uh, ASF, to be black in this country. Uh, we have to come together as a collective and own our own communities. The police are sworn to protect and serve, but too many times we are protected. However, if you own your own community and you hire your own police force, this wouldn't happen. It's like having a watchdog. The dog loves and protects his owner, but it's a danger to anyone else. As it will not bite the hand that feeds it, uh, but we need to be that hand feeding and controlling our own police force. I'll say not all cops are bad. However, increasingly, more and more seem to be getting that gang or slash mob mentality that they can kill us with impunity and will face no discipline or retribution. In most cases, they're right. Nothing will change until we make it happen. We had a few more comments. Uh, I don't know why you were going to read that. We'll, we'll let Lisa yeah, chime in. Lisa, go ahead and chime in. We're talking about the uh, Tatiana. Jefferson, woman who was murdered in her own home, playing with her nephew from a wellness check. Um, I definitely am upset about this, and it's scary. You can't even have this well. You can't even have, uh, check on someone without fear of death. I think, once again, we need to take a look at our... At our uh, I'm sorry, I know I got I got a lot going on, so I'm kind of my mind is everywhere. We gotta look at our amendment and start changing that, start demanding changes in that. I feel like nothing will change until we start taking a look at those types of documents. We can go after the cops, we can go after the courts, we can go after each other, but it's not gonna change anything because that's where to me, that's where the problem lies. And until we realize that and start stepping in and demanding changes with those things, then we can keep on expecting things like this to happen, unfortunately. Well, I think it goes into also 
the mindset and the training of the actual officers that's I mean, in a situation like this, it's the actual officers who are on the beats, who are in the streets, who are coming to our homes when we have domestic violence disputes. You know, as a woman like this woman here, say she had a man that was beating her and she called the police. Now, I've seen plenty of instances where police don't even show up. Yeah. You know, and then when they do, you know, they, you end up escalating the situation worse than it really has to be or or like you know the the, the mindset of this police officer was I don't I, I wanted to see the neighborhood this woman lived in mm-hmm. apparently it seemed like a predominantly black neighborhood you know so I'm assuming that maybe he had maybe he already had a a mindset going into this neighborhood, what he was he expected. He was already nervous or scared or whatever. And then on two, when he gets here, and you know, you, you can see in the video, if you watch the video, you can see it, it almost like as soon as he saw a shadow, he just shot at him. <laughs> that's you know what I mean? That's uh, cowardly. This is at this person's house. Like, why wouldn't you expect them to be home? Well, they already you know I mean? we, we already know they're already trained to kill. And then ask questions later, especially in our neighborhoods. So definitely the police system needs to be changed and need to get, you know, the man changes in there. Well, you know what, though, what's amazing is I know someone who's in a police academy right now, and they're not training them like that. They're not mm-hmm. training them to kill first. They, they're really not. They're training them to de-escalate situations when they get there. So something is happening within the culture of the but, police force once well, they get but out what there. Are their, but, but what is their idea of de-escalating? Because as we can see, they're trained to de-escalate, but no situation has been de-escalated. Well, I think it goes into the culture of the police force itself. I, I, that's what I'm saying. Said, yeah, like you said, it's, it's and the, the attitude of the officers. Well, you know, I, I will tell you this. I, I was on a plane. I, I forget the gentleman's name. He actually killed a black man. That's what he told me. He said, I actually killed a black man. He lost his job for it. But it was a crazy situation when he came in. And he said, uh, there is a mob mentality for city cops versus rural cops. A rural cop, no, his backup is 13 to 22 miles away from him. They don't approach situations the same. It's more, hey, how you doing? You have your driver's license and registration. Okay, I'm going to run this. I'm going to see what's going on. It's more of a mutual respect. He said when he got a chance to ride along in the city, it's a different approach. They're not respectful at all. They walk up with a kind of gang mentality because they know their next cop is right around the corner. So it's almost like, come on, challenge me. So I think it's culturally. I, 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 I'm not, I agree with you saying, Lisa, because the results are there. But they're not training cops to be I'm going to kill this person and kill this person. I think you find out what's acceptable. It's like um, it's like school. You may learn math one way from your teacher, but you might learn shortcuts from a tutor or vice it's versa. Like when you start mm-hmm. the job, you know, you teach somebody the way, this is where you're supposed to go. And let me show you how I do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so let me show you all the shortcuts when you get mm-hmm. on the street. It's like, nah, I know what the academy taught you. Yeah. Fucking, but this, this is real. Shit, yeah. This is yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, so I, I think BS it's, uh, and training. <laughs> yeah, training that. But I mean, they are taught to look for what we talk about. Excuse me, trying to look for older model cars and new cars with dents in them. 
Because if you have a new car and have a dent, it means most likely you don't have insurance. Old cars are less likely to be insured. So they're actually profiling from the beginning. They're profiling you for being poor, and they're profiling you for having something new that has damage to it, which is still profiling you for being poor. Which is, which is and, and I guarantee you they profiled this woman from the neighborhood that she lived in. I, I, I would have to agree. Cop, the cop has already had a mindset going in. And and then this is what happened. So it's just crazy, man. It's just crazy. You know, uh, condolences to the family of this woman. And that they got to wake. They had to wake up. I think this happened. Just happened what yesterday. Just happened. Yeah, yeah. And they had to wake up and, and hear that their loved ones is being have been killed. Like, and this guy who made the car. I don't know, man. It just smells like a rat. Like, why would you call? Here, let me, let me go ahead and we yeah, I don't understand. When I read the article, I didn't understand what was the purpose of him calling for a welfare check. Like, had yeah, her door been over. open for days? You know, um, did you see some sort of commotion over there earlier? What was the purpose of him calling well, for a welfare check? The window, the doors were open, which is unusual for her. I guess he, I mean, so he had to be familiar with her in some way. But I don't know why you just don't go knock on the door. I was going to say, why didn't he just go knock cop, on the and door? And the cop didn't knock on the door. Why did anybody like, knock on the door? I, that's what, that's the isn't that, that, isn't that what you're supposed mind. to do when you, a, a welfare well check, the you, first thing you, you do is knock do on the door. Is knock on the door. And if nobody answers, then you go around the side and look at the windows and, and knock on the door, ring the bell. Knock on it again. Nobody comes to the door. Let me walk around here and see. Okay. Uh, looks, let me, now let the, let me now let me go in the house. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he he was already he was acting like somebody called for a robbery. Like if you call, like look, I think I see somebody breaking in my neighbor's house. That's how he responded. Like he, he was already on the back looking in the windows by the garage and and and, and but, she shot the first person that popped their head up. But once again. They have already criminal criminalized this woman. I don't know if you've seen the article yeah, where they were saying she had a firearm. But we're not going to release the cop's name. Yeah, Why yeah. not? Now, the only thing I know about the cop, he's only been on the force for since March of 2018. So kind of new into it, you know, not even two years into it. But, yeah, they always criminalize. Oh, and we found, they're going to say they found marijuana. They're also probably going to say that um, they've had calls to this location before and it's a problem. Yeah. And it may have been, may or may not have been a That's drug what, That house. was my next question. You like, know. had that cop been there before for other reasons? Did they have two? some prior yeah. prior argument prior to this incident for the cop to go over there feeling threatened? I don't understand. I don't understand what was his purpose mm-hmm. of feeling threatened. Well, here's a man that called. Fifteen minutes later, I heard a loud voice, and I saw 
Again, I don't want to be silent redundant, but why didn't you just knock on the door? I don't see why you just, you can't. All right, we know you're not, don't just walk right in, okay? But ring the doorbell, knock on the door. If you're, if that, you're genuinely that, concerned. If you're genuinely yeah. concerned. If you're genuinely like, concerned. I don't know, man, it smells, it smells like a rat to me. Or, but, you know, open the door, hey, you in there, you okay? Yeah. I mean, that's all you had to do. And from what I read, I read on, I'm not sure, but I believe her, her nephew was there. Yeah. They yeah. had just got done playing the game. Yeah, they were playing so, the video. It's crazy, man. And we, this is the D4 disclosure. So, Derek Lamont wins the first big, big guys at Rich Green and the little lady at Hollis joining us a little late. And uh, we're going to piggyback this. We're going to keep this energy going. We're going to piggyback into this to the, the latest Joshua Brown information that came out. Now, last week on the show, we talked about a little bit about him. He had just got killed. And, uh, you know, a key witness in the whole Boston John Amber Geiger trial. Now, the police have found the, <laughs> the perpetrators of this crime. And, and it would happen to be three guys and supposedly a marijuana deal going bad. Now, I've, I've the only place I've ever heard of a marijuana deal going bad is on Starsky and Hutch. You know what I mean? You know, I've seen, I know people got robbed for marriage, but, um, you know, and, and you see this dude, he looks like a Care Bear. You know what I mean? He had the, the whole, was it, the whole Dragon Ball Z shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? He looks like he's, he's, he's a student, you know. Uh, 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 and so now, all of a sudden, we're supposed to buy this dude that's getting murdered over some weed. Like, are you kidding me? You know what I mean? So it's like, you know, again, and, and you see the cop. I want to try to pull up the the, the, the cop is in the group, too, who, who came up, the brother, who came up and is trying to sell this story. You know, we talk about this so-called conspiracy theories because y'all call it conspiracy. I call it a plan. It's only conspiracy to people with closed minds that don't want to open them and see, you know, what we're looking at here. And we're just mm -hmm. talking about, you're talking about a police department that's pissed that one of their own, has sent to prison. Alpha blood. You know what I mean? And what mm. do we and what do we what do we know about them? The game mentality, right? Yeah, we, we just, just said it, yeah. The game mentality. So now this young man gets shot in his mouth twice. He shot in his mouth and then shot, killed. And 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 so quickly they they found the perpetrators right away. Three three men who I don't even know if they have any connection to the victim. You know what I mean? Mm. So and, and and now you have this woman getting killed in her own home in the same area. Come on, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on, man. So, you know, what was your thoughts on that? Um, I believe that, I feel that the story that they gave us, this lie that they <laughs> gave us, the lie was so juvenile. It was so... It was so childish. My son could have came up with a better fucking story <laughs> than this. And I feel like not only do they have lack of concern, lack of empathy for the public, they also have a lack of, of respect for us, for our intelligence. I was insulted, to yeah. be honest with you. I literally was insulted mm -hmm. that they felt that they can come and tell us this bullshit-ass story and the American <laughs> people would eat it up. Well, then you know they found weed in Boston John's apartment, so it only makes sense. Exactly. And, <laughs> I mean, they stay trying to criminal criminalize 
someone, a victim, and they stay coming up with these bullshit ass stories. It's no fucking conspiracy that this man was shot in the mouth this close to after the trial. And I mean, and the wonderful police work that they are. And they had to give you some story. They had to give us some story. Because the people, the public people, was demanding the story. The public don't know how much power that we have. Social media and the public does not realize how much power that we have. You know how many changes we can make if we just all come together and rally? These people felt as if they had to come and tell us some bullshit-ass story because the public people was demanding answers. But... And you know that you make that point. It is, it is something else. Because social media will smell a rat out. <laughs> and there was another one where maybe 10 years, 15 years, a story come out like this. You know, we'll still we'll be saying it mm-hmm. in our own, like, oh, that's bullshit. Yeah, you know we know. Right. But now the platform is out here where we can say, no, 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 we're not buying it. We're not. And, and you got people who are, are uh, using camera phones and taking their pictures and you're getting footage. You know what I mean? From other different areas. So a lot of stuff that they try to pull is just not flying. It's not you know flying. What I mean? It's not flying. And people, you know, you can, you you know, that's one of the great things about social media that you can put that idea out there like, nah, we're not buying this. And we're not buying it. There's no way you're going to, you can tell me that this guy got killed selling weed. I, I look, I mean, I, I don't want to <laughs> profile the dude, but look at the guy. You know what I mean? There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. Nobody's gonna travel over fucking five hours for fucking weed I, that's for what, some I, bullshit. That's why I can't remember where, yeah. where this guy came from. came from Louisiana, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. It was about what, about a little over five hours, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. two, to two buy hours. 12 pounds of fucking weed. So you mean to tell me there's no fucking weed man in your city? Not even on the. Mm-hmm. the, the it's supposed to be for 12 pounds? There's nobody yeah. in your city no, or no, closer no, to no, you no, no. that sells that sells weed. This kingpin, okay. you had to get this kingpin. Pin. How the fuck did he even meet him? Yeah, like yeah. where yeah. were you at, y'all? Five hours away. Yes, that. Where the fuck? Where the fuck was you at to meet this man? Yeah, hey, I I call BS uh, on this. Throw the flag. I, I throw the flag. Fifteen yard penalty. I'm gonna tell you something. Him getting shot in the mouth is a message. It's almost like a snitches get stitches type of situation. That's exactly so we, what it we, is. We're going to shut you up. They filed an appeal for this woman. They did not want this man. He was a very credible witness on the stand. They had to eliminate that. He's he now for his life. He's yeah, he yeah, was. So. And now all of a sudden the woman, I mean, it was already expected for her to appeal her case. Mm-hmm. But it's going to be much easier now. Because you can't use his testimony, yeah. especially if they take it to civil court. Mm-hmm. You can't use the testimony in civil court because he's not with us. He's not. He's not around. Well, the other thing is, like you said, twelve thousand. I mean, the, the truth eventually, if you you scratch a lot enough, the truth will come out. You know, tell the truth, shame the devil. So these these guys, they like you said, they drove five hours from Louisiana. Now, if you think about that, these are all Gulf Coast cities. They're all by the water. So if they are getting marijuana and it's coming from Mexico, they all have the same opportunity to get the same thing. You know, they could have went to Lake Charles, which has a lot of ports, mm-hmm. instead of driving past there to go into Dallas-Fort Worth. They could have went to Port Arthur, which is a shorter trip. 
is just right over the border in Texas. If you ever been to Texas, they with UGK in them from. Mm-hmm. They didn't have to go into the interior to Dallas. Why would you even take that chance? Hell, because once you go past cross cross uh, lines, yes. you know, now that's traffic. Hell, they could have went so, down the man down the street and got twelve pounds of fucking weed. Yeah, it's just it's something. It's a lot of holes in that story. It's like, and we they insult your intelligence by giving you this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. It goes back to when Dave Chappelle was like, when they kill a black man, what they do? Uh oh, we killed him. Okay, plant a gun. Sprinkle some crack. <laughs> <laughs> now, because now it's a crack deal. Now it's a weed deal. Now, this now guy like Derek said, weed too. Yeah, which is decriminalized in so many states now. You know what I'm saying? If this this guy, for all intents and purposes, everybody got a side that you don't know. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But this dude was no killer. No. You know, don't nobody get up there in a Dragon Ball Z shirt and a two piece haircut. <laughs> His fade was not faded. Yeah. It, it went from bald to hair. You know, that's a 1992 haircut right there. You know what I'm saying? But I see the pictures, they a, look special a, needs to well, me. Well, I, I don't know if he's special needs. I know he was a nice guy. That's he what I know. A, he was he a was, sweetheart. He yeah. not, not, the, not the vic, not the victim, yeah. but the suspects. Well, let me let me just throw this out there to people who may not understand and know this, but you never sell cannabis, marijuana, or weed. To somebody you do not know. It just does not happen. It doesn't happen. No. <laughs> Whoever, especially, it's just, you just, it's a, it's a small circle of people who, you know, who, who <laughs> participate in cannabis and who don't. And so there's no way that you're going to be selling weed to somebody you just don't know. Are we? You know, I don't smoke weed, but it's, but it's, it's like just, it just doesn't happen. But it's the weed man saying like he black. Who sent you? Yeah. <laughs> and like it's saying? like getting a friend request well, on Facebook. Right. Like who well, sent you? Well, like, well, how many well, pictures you got? Who is this? You coming with? If, if it's somebody you don't know, they're coming with they, somebody you. They know. they got to be vouched for. Or somebody the person somebody that they know for. is going to yeah. make the My exchange. My cool. I'm bringing you know I'm bringing him so I can introduce you and make the mm-hmm. connect. Here we go. Da, 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 da. You're not going to be selling weed to some cats that live that three four hours away. You don't even know nothing. Especially about. if you just got out of court on a high profile <laughs> okay. case. So what went wrong? If it was a weed deal, what could have possibly went wrong with the weed deal? They like gave he, some catnip. Like he didn't have a weed. He had some catnip well, instead of but weed. But they left the weed. They uh, obviously from they didn't rob him. No, they didn't rob him. They didn't even rob him. They just killed him. Man, come on, man. So they took yeah. the weed and then shot I him. I was born at night, but not last night. Y'all take yeah. that shit to the store because <laughs> we ain't buying it, man. And and, and I, I I don't know how it's connected, but I think it's just the police department in that area is on a rampage and they're making a statement. Well, they, they like, we're going to get you Negroes in line. <laughs> y'all y'all feel a little good because you got this news down here, huh, boy? <laughs> Let me show you who run this. <laughs> it's Sheriff Roscoe Pico train out here. But, uh, you know, you, you, you hate to see things like that. Um, you know, once again, condolences to his family. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he got up on the stand. He was just like talking how nice Botham was. You know, this guy seemed just as nice. Now you got another mother that got to bury their son. You know, this is this, this just horrible. Just horrible all the way around. I, I, I don't know. You in our shoes? What, what you think? What y'all think? Yeah. We like. We got any comments on him? Uh, I don't see anything popping up there. So, did we put anything on that particular page? Let me see. Y'all listen to y'all tapped into the full disclosure show. Derek Lamont Williams, the first 
Big Dick Dashley, Bobby Rich Green, and Miss Lisa Lisa, little lady of the house. And uh, we just got finished talking about the um, mm -hmm. Botham, the whole Botham John, uh, a Joshua Brown's incident, and the Tatiana Jefferson incident. Well, this this shit is just becoming too common. Too com too too common, man. And uh, so uh, we're gonna go ahead and uh, since Miss Lisa Lisa just slid into the building, yeah. we're gonna get into her topic of the week. My topic of the week is I just want to I just want to talk about the term post-traumatic slave syndrome. It's a little different from post-traumatic stress disorder. I'm sorry, post-traumatic slave disorder. Basically, what that is is just the residual effect of slavery and where we are today. I know some of y'all are tired of hearing about this, but it really explains the behavior, some of the behavior and some of the things that's going on today, particularly in our culture everywhere, but I'm speaking particularly in our culture. And I mean, we're not all coming in at the same awareness about this subject. Some people are more aware than others. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I'm tired of hearing this, whatever. But I just want to point out how, how other cultures, such as the Jewish community, they represent, they, they talk about their Holocaust. They talk about the things that they've been through and they're doing things sure. to try to heal their community. Where us, on the other hand, when it comes to talking about our, our tragedies, our trauma, we're kind of like, we don't want to talk about that. Get over it. It happened so long ago. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, that didn't affect you. You wasn't there. But really, in fact, it does affect us, and it's still affecting us today. Think about it. We had slavery, years and years of slavery followed by the lynching period and the civil rights movement. Where in between those incidents did we have therapy? We never had therapy. Nobody never came to try to talk to us. Nobody never came to try to heal our family. But yet and still, we keep having tragedies on top of tragedies on top of tragedies happen. Mm -hmm. and Stuff like this, what are we talking about now? Yeah, and this right here, is a tool, is a thing that helps to perpetuate our post-traumatic stress disorder. And I think that talking about these types of things and, happen, and having these open discussions is a way to help to heal, to recognize that we have a problem and we need to do things to see what we can do to heal and to start, to start our Healing. Healing. So I just want to give some symptoms of post-traumatic stress disorder. And those symptoms, if you, if you, if you study this subject, you see that those symptoms really align with post-traumatic stress disorder. Slave. Slave disorder, excuse me. So one of the symptoms is a feeling of not living long. And mm -hmm. I don't know about y'all, but I know young brothers that feel that they, they're not going to live long because mm -hmm. of the neighborhood, the circumstances, yeah. the way that their, their life is, is being 
the way that they're being raised. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the mother might be on drugs or she, she's suffering from whatever she didn't been through. Right. So now these kids are feeling as if they have a um, short lifespan. Um, uh, uh, exhilarated, exhilarated, startle response. So basically, you know, you overreact to a certain noise or, you know what I'm saying? You know when you get startled, you just go overboard with it. Mm-hmm. So you exaggerate a little bit. Yeah. Um, outburst of anger. Mm-hmm. I think we all know somebody that's just always angry and they can't really control their anger or they give their parents because I feel like you can control your anger. It takes time. It takes learning, but I think everybody can learn to control their hate behavior. These are symptoms of trauma? Uh-huh. What was that first one? Feeling, feeling of not living long. The second one? Uh, exaggerated startle response. And then the third one? Outburst of anger. Okay. And then we have uh, difficulty falling and staying asleep. And hypervigilance. And these are symptoms of post-traumatic slave disorder. And what was five again? Hypervigilance. Hypervigilance. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So the I the way that we carry ourselves is a social a learned social behavior. So I'm gonna go back to slave, slavery and give you an example. So let's say mom saw dad sold or the daughter raped. And, you know, as a mother, if you see your kids getting hurt, mm-hmm. you want to protect them. Yeah. If you see your husband getting hurt, you want to protect them. Correct. But you're in this situation, you can't protect them. You know, you're a slave, the master is stronger than you, or what have you. So now mom has to carry on and do her duties as a slave, still with this trauma. But nobody never came to her and said, are you okay? Mm-hmm. You understand, what can I do to help you? Let, let me give you some therapy, talk softly to you. Nobody's never done that. So she has to carry on with those symptoms, hiding that, hide, hiding all her feelings. So she goes on and she raises all these kids, and then these kids raise their kids how their mother that's suffering from trauma raised them. So now we're going up and you gotta keep going up the food chain. Nobody's ever said, hey, you're doing this wrong. Hey, let me check you, let me check this. Nobody's never told this person that. So this person doesn't even realize that their behavior isn't, isn't normal. Their behavior is caused from a trauma that's going down your line. That's, you know what I'm saying? That's in your tree. And if you go down and go down and go down, you'll figure out where all this shit started from. That's right. And I just think that we don't look at it that deep. We just look at it as just people just being bad people, bad behavior. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, 
some communities, all those blacks, they act like animals because they are animals, but really it's more than just that. That and actually that's not the problem at all. The problem is this post-traumatic stress disorder, and then you mix that in with the social disparities that we have as far as the financial, lack of financials, lack of education. Mm -hmm. So what do you what do you expect? You know what I'm saying? That's breeding, that's breeding negative behavior. And then some of the people that we regard in history, people like James Madison, mm -hmm. people like Richard Oswald and John Newton. We all know who John Newton is. John Newton is the man that wrote Amazing Grace. Mm -hmm. But there's so much to his story. And these people that we are regarding high in history to have high words and everything that they say is, is written in stone. But these people, you gotta look at their psychology. These people felt, felt, felt negatively about slaves. They had nothing good to say about slaves. We were soulless people. We deserved it. We didn't have no pain. Our bodies was made to work hard. There is a there is a slave. Okay, well, Jerome, Jerome Jackson said uh, it has a heavy impact on the quality of life we have afforded our families and a heavy impact on how the structure of our family ties are severed so easily. And then he went on to say, what you're saying is so real. Um, I'm sorry. So there's a slave. Um, there's a slave cemetery. I'm not sure the exact location. I can't remember right now. But in the slave uh, cemetery, these slaves has been unearthed. They, you know, zoomed their bodies mm -hmm. to do some study on them. Well, what they found was that these people had worked so hard that their their bone had detached from the muscle. So they had worked so hard. You know what I'm saying? That who does that? And what reality do you do that? Mm -hmm. So these people that are working this hard are looked at as if they're less than the dirt on the ground. And then these people are given giving you giving you the guide to how to treat and how the world is going to be. So these people are responsible for our studies and not um, and your body. These people are study are revered for teaching you, okay, this skull belongs to this person, this skull belongs to that person, with no scientific evidence. Basically, they were just basing this off of behavior that they felt as if we had. So there were laws that was put into place to keep us in play. What I mean is there was a law that if you ran away, you tried to run away, it was a, a disorder. I can't remember the name of the disorder. I'm, my mind is baffled. But it was a disorder that they that they say that you have because you tried to run away. Yeah, because you so didn't then, want to be a slave right. anymore. Yeah, so then they made these laws. They made laws the casual killing act because the white women were killing the slave, the women's slave. So I'm saying, you can't tell me that we don't have some sort of mental 
disorder, mental disability, you know what I'm saying, from these things. And nobody has ever looked at this. I mean, there's obviously there's people have been, but mm-hmm. we need to look at this type of stuff on an everyday basis. The everyday man need to start doing more study and start doing more research to figure out why your son acting this way, why your daughter acting this way, why is your neighbor acting this way? Because it affects you, it affects the next generation, and we're not looking at this. And I just want to open the floor about this discussion so we can start to heal. Well, Lisa, I think that what you did, uh, you eloquently outlined uh, something we were talking about not too long ago when we were discussing some of the ills going on and we're talking about killing the whole nine. And then then I I said, you know, we always talk about the symptoms. We never talk about the root cause. I think you did a good job of detailing that and going back through this, you know, symptoms of trauma. One, uh, and then you talked about generational curses. Mm -hmm. And I was saying how generational curses are BS, but you just described what it is. It's passing down that negative behavior from one generation to the next, sweeping things under the rug, rug and never facing it. Um, and these truths are only important for us as a community. It's important for us as a family in America, for a family in the world. The truth needs to be told. You know, just like you said, they, they had false science. Mm-hmm. You know, they had this it's a fake science based off of racism. You know, even publications like National Geographic apologized and said, yeah, we were racist in a lot of things that we, we didn't say because we they were trying to make one superior over another. When you go back to Darwinism or you go back to eugenics, you know, just like you detail, you know, you had uh, hundreds of years of slavery. Then you had uh, the period of lynching. Then you had Jim Crow. Then you had uh, the civil rights fight. You know, if you think about it, it's only been 55 years that you that you have been allowed to vote in this country. You're not going to change your whole ilk from that. Imagine them raising a child from a child to 18 and then releasing them into until the world and you never took them to school once you never taught them how to read mm-hmm. all they know how to do is work now you know uh i have to say that we were the skilled labor force after uh the enslaved people were let go we were the blacksmiths we we actually had the skills so they had to hire us learn to relearn the skills steal the skills from us fire us not hire them come up with the union exclude us from unions and then take over those disciplines all over again, thus leaving us ignorant once again. There, there was a uh, a law right after the after the slaves were free. There was a law in Oregon that was okay. We don't allow slavery in here, but you slaves can't come in here. And if you do, we're just gonna beat you until you leave. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't be you no. Know, Negroes, no uh, mixed people, anybody that was considered to be Negro was not allowed in Oregon. It's not just Oregon, it's, you know, different states. But I'm going to point out Oregon. And if you come to our state, we'll beat you until you leave. I mean, the way that they treated treated (laughs) slaves, I mean, we all know, we all know the story. We all know the history of how they treated us. Well, no, we don't. I don't think we all know. I think that a lot of people turn a blind eye to it because it hurts and you're told to forget. I think you were you, you detailed that correctly when you were saying how uh, 
Jewish people in, in America are told, you know, don't forget the Holocaust. You learn it. I mean, even in Germany, yeah. the new generations apologize to the past for what happened during that time. We are the well, only culture who ignores our history. Well, you know what? I, I think because it's not given a priority in school. Once again, what they what, what they tend to do is a, is a trick bag, as you know, all the old people would say. They make what you learn, even in college, electives. Mm-hmm. It's not required studying. What we need to do is just take over the schools in our area. When I say own our own communities, a, a community, the root word of community is commune. Commune means to live together. And unity is togetherness, right? So you commune, you have unity. That's a community. That means you can you control the commerce, you control the police force, you control the banking systems, and you can control the schools. Once you do that, you can control the curriculum. Who is McGraw-Hill, and why do they always get all of the contracts for school? Who is Rand? Who is all these people? These are people who are old guard, who have these long-term contracts that keep winning in, from the government. Mm-hmm. I believe that if you teach real history, this is just my belief, that is good for everybody, not just us. It's good for everybody yeah. because if you have an inherent inferiority complex, the person who's oppressing you probably has an inherent superiority complex. In addition to that, when they were raising these people and beating them and traumatizing them and raping them and, and giving them their principles, they told them to love thy enemy. You don't love your enemy. You you hate your enemy. You it's cut crazy your enemy because, head off. You know, it's just, it's, because it's, people it's will try to use the Bible to justify love thy enemy mm-hmm. or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. But when your brother tells a secret, your brother stole some money. You hate them for life. You hate them for the rest of your life. Yeah. And, and so we put to, it's, I'm glad that you brought this back up because we've been leading back up to this. This is discussion needed to. And I just wanted to highlight the five things that you pointed out as traumas. Because if you're talking about generational curses, people, listen to this. Here's why you have generational curses. Symptoms of trauma. One, feeling of not living long. Two, exaggerated startled response. Three, outbursts of anger. Four, difficulty of falling and staying asleep. And five, hypervigilance. There you are. That is your generational curses again and again. And we allow these stuff to to go unchecked. Uh, And you don't need to be... You don't Thank need you. this. He, he put the word in there that we were looking for. Go ahead. You don't need to to be in a situation to experience trauma. Correct. Um, I think that you can very well experience the same trauma. I'm going to use my situation. Drop the mania. So that, that's the the yeah, that, the, that we that's got, oh, we got a couple more comments. Yeah, that that's when you're enslaved and you were trying to run away. They said that that was a condition. It was dropping mania. Yeah, Thank you, Bob. That's what it was. Uh, Jerome Jackson went on to say, "We're looking for a culture to fix another culture. We should stop." I agree. <laughs> he said, uh, "When we are fixing our culture and have a heavy impact on ourselves, then and only then." will we be respected as a culture enough for other races, cultures, and interest groups to be willing to participate in our healing. We have to heal ourselves first. We were exiled by self-exposures. Baba Sarawam, we we will, I'm sorry, I think that's what he's saying. We will are not the only race that has lost themselves. I agree with that. He went on to say, 
Okay, but we are the one by most for the one to be the most foregone by ignorance instilled in education. And I agree. Why would your oppressor educate you to free yourself? Go ahead, Lisa. I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I'm sorry. I lost my But we, we didn't, we ain't hear Derek yet. Y'all go ahead and No, no. I want to see what you got to say. But I think, you know, going back to what we talked about generational curses, you outlined it not only in this country, but around the world. And I've had people who, who have come here. We used to have the African village here. You know, uh, myself, Baba Patai, uh, George Lentor, um, uh, shoot, we, we start, first we started the conscious group, then we started the African village. So we started meeting people. We had the Maasai tribe come over from, from Africa. One of the only people who had never been enslaved and still are able to travel around Africa without a passport. They were saying that a lot of knowledge we have here, they don't have over there. They don't have knowledge of self. So how could we bridge that gap? We have to start just doing it ourselves, self-funding. Um, you know, having our own schools in our neighborhoods. And I forget the exact name of it, but uh, Derek, I, I know you got, you, you've been holding some men. I, I love to hear your uh, your take on this. Well, well, I mean, you know, I talked about, we've been tying these subjects in, and like you said, it's a good thing. But uh, like I talked about the, the rate, you know, how it, it eviscerate racism by having a 12-step comprehensive education plan starting in first grade, 12th grade and educate everybody about racism. And the, the, fun, fun, the foundation of racism starts at slavery. Slavery is the, the foundation of this country was built upon. Mm -hmm. Everything, and not just what we suffer, come from the slave. We were just talking about the police. Well, the police are a byproduct of slavery, the slave catchers. You know, they were started to protect white owners Slaves from other people and other you know people would steal other people's slaves and whatever so the and so you know runaways and whatnot so the the core of the distrust between the police force and black folks come from straight from slavery a lot of when we say our behavior you know and, and remember what to me that when people say oh that was so long ago all that because we don't. We need to study. Everybody needs to learn this. Everybody needs to understand the psycholo the psychological warfare that was uh, perpetrated upon us. You know what I mean? And understand why. Like this was done intensely. This was an experiment. We were a social a experiment. Yes. Largest. You know they they sat around and, and thought about ways to keep their slaves in line, and they came up with different mechanisms and different things to do so. You know, one of them was to destroy our families, separate us by, you know, split us up. It's the self-hate. You know, I, I I just listened to a conversation, a couple of girls were talking, and then I hear, oh, she got, my daughter, you know, she got that good hair, you know, that, uh, I'm like, it's 2019, we still talking about, black folks still talking about good hair. Mm -hmm. This is what we, this is the, the mentality from slavery. We still own this light skin, dark skin thing. This is... These are all symptoms of when we talk about post-traumatic slave syndrome, uh, miseducation, uh, uh, misrepresentation, and the whole nine yards. And until we get to the root and understand that, you know what I mean? Like, and then, you know, people be like, oh, they've got another slave movie. Uh, another Harry Tubman coming out. God damn, how many slave movies gonna make? Ooh, but the problem is, that's what I'm saying, the problem is the people who 
need to be watching these movies is the one complaining. Oh, y'all ain't watching because there's something in it. You know, I see, I see cats that I know. Like, oh, that motherfucker right there. That, I think he would so. be a slave. I you think sometimes I, mean? I do that too. But I think sometimes when people, in some cases, when people say, oh, y'all making another slave movie, I think maybe they feel that way because they see themselves in that movie. They see them true they selves. They and they don't want to see it. But it's it. like, like you said, they, people, more, we don't want to tap into that trauma again. It's, it, it happens in trauma in your own life. When something happens to you as a child, it happens to you as young, you try to forget about it, you try to, you know, leave it in the past, but it affects you. And, and until you deal with it, it continues to affect the decisions you make, mm-hmm. the people you choose to be That's around, true. the things, the, your, your relationships, until you deal with it. And so it, as a group, we still as black folks have not dealt with and America as a whole have not dealt with the the the, the gravity the, of it all. The thing that was slavery, like you know, in the whole we talk about reparations. The reason why we can't get reparations is because America doesn't want to admit that it was wrong. And you still not recognized as an ethnic group. Exactly. You got to keep that in mind. The UN won't even hear your case. I'm sorry, not the UN. The World Court won't even hear your case if you're not recognized as a as an ethnicity. We have to brand ourselves, whatever you know, it may that, be. That, that needs to be amended in, in our case. Our case is unique. And I, because I disagree with, you know, what I, I, somebody said that we aren't the only group who's lost their way. Well, we didn't lose our way. Like, you and know they what stole I mean? our way. They stole our way. We are the only group who was intentionally, uh, uh, intentionally lied to, intentionally took our history away from us. Like, you can, you can see other, maybe like Italians, where, you know, the older G, like, oh, these young, they, these young guys, they don't, that's because they just, you know, the, the elders failed to teach or the youngs failed to learn. We were intentionally robbed of who we are. We were intentionally robbed of our history. We were intentionally made to feel like Africa is a, a place that we don't want nothing to do with. You know what I mean? We, we are in, intentionally. So go ahead, read some of these comments. Well, Baba Bata said, the church perpetuates generational curses upon our people. Jerome said, uh, we can't get, we, we can't give in to what's perpetuated. Uh, we instead must be the, the benefactors of the, let me see, exposure and spread out our knowledge and the existence what's that, uh, of our generations. I just wanted to read something to y'all. I want two names, y'all. Eliza Lincoln Austin and Reuben Hayden. Eliza Lincoln Austin is my great grandmother. She's my great, she is my grandfather's mom. Okay, that's my great grandmother. She was born on June 23rd, 1885. Now, what was the last year of slavery? 1865, right? She was born in 1885. Her mama, her daddy, most likely slaves, right? My grandfather on my mother's side, my grandmother, her daddy name is Reuben Odell Hayden. He was born on October 30th, 1889. He'd be 130 years old at the end of this month. 1889, his parents were slaves. They were uh, sharecroppers, right? And he felt they were still slaves. Because when he was a little boy, somebody said something that the overseer didn't like. And they hung him and let him hang out all day in front of my, he's a little boy. 
watching one of his his kid folk dangling. That's horrible. That's the traumas you're talking about. Exactly. Now imagine walking past and your daddy is hanging from a tree, and, and, and you got to sit there. And nobody and never asks you how you feel about how it. Feel and about not, it? On, not only on top of that, you're not allowed to grieve. That's popular. Yeah. Grieving was not allowed. Like you were forced. You know, a lot Diversity. of them. If you watch some of the movies, some of them slave movies where they're whipping a guy or hanging a guy in front of everybody, and you. It, it could be, you know, your your mother, you you know what I'm saying, and you as a as a sitting there are forced to eat it. Like you, if you you mm-hmm. can't run out there and cry. Oh, oh, you next. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So you show no emotion. Uh, apathy develops. You know what I mean. You have to you have to turn your back when you see your brother going through something, your sister going through something. You know what I mean. Slave master coming to your quarters and sleeping, and you have to turn your back. You have to turn the blind eye. And years of you talk about just turning blind eyes. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And another thing I wanted to say real quick: you you have a lot of people who say, "Oh, we all you just trying to blame the white man for all your problems and da da da." And what I try to tell, like especially younger people, but you get it from older people too. Mm-hmm. Like it's not about blaming anybody; it's about understanding the system understanding what happened so you can properly deal with it like you got to under to understand racism you have to understand slavery you know you have to understand post-slave you have to understand what was perpetrated what really you know when we was in school they say oh slavery started in such and such and ended such and such Lincoln freedom and that chapter is over basically you know what I'm saying and you happy Thanksgiving exactly <laughs> and, and you never deal with the Atrocity after atrocity after atrocity. Oh man, they, the, the, yeah, like you say, the, the Holocaust. They have so many accounts. And they got they movies share with every and therapy. Little, every little thing that happened, and they want you to know every little, every individual story that happened. Like people, you know what I mean? And where with us, it was just up. Oh, this happened. Sweep it under. Keep it moving. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you don't get into the psycho psychology. Of it, and and that's what's so important for us to understand why a lot of peace, a lot of us can't sleep. You know what I mean. A lot of us are hyper vigilant. A lot of us expect. You know, I know when I was a young man, I never saw my. You know, we looked at people that was 40, 50 years old. Man, then I'm forty seven years old. Like, damn, I'm not old. You know what I mean? Man. But we we look at it like, oh, you old? Like, you still alive almost? You know what I mean? And that's the and we didn't even realize we was thinking like that. Man. A lot of these people, a lot of these people that we uh, have high regard for in our history, were part of uh, perpetuating that cognitive dissonance. You have to have that in order to treat these people, in order to treat these slaves and any person in the manner that we were treated. Yeah. So well, when we, so when we give praise to people like John Newton, Amazing Grace, and and those type of people, we really giving praise to him, yeah. him saying, hey, this is how we do, this is what we're supposed to do to give yourself this cognitive dissonance. Yeah, so. I think one of the things that needs to be done in our community is we need to listen to these slave narratives and listen to their accounts firsthand. We can talk about, we can read and talk about what we read. But what's better, if you can't talk to the person themselves, obviously we can't, what's better than to listen to the voice of the person and say, hey, this is what's going on, this is what happened, this is real. You don't have 
no questions. There shouldn't be no, oh, he's lying. Because the man mm -hmm. is telling you what's going on in their own words. And I started listening to some of these slave narratives and they broke my heart. I can't even articulate what I was feeling. Hey, Jerome Jackson, not to cut you off, he said we need to begin our own educational systems, get our own dollar, and grab our own respect. I want to go ahead, man. Yeah, I, I think that's what I've been saying all day. Yeah, look, he threw the fist yeah, out. Yeah, like, wow, like, wow. Hey, I wanted to go. I wanted to go back to something Terry Simon said about the, the about the role in religion in this, because I I just had a conversation, Still and I had these conversations all the time, and I just had this conversation. A brother sent me, you know, because you know how I feel about religion. We go back and forth. And he sent me a video of this woman who were, she, she, I guess she calls herself a, a, a religious Christian activist to shoot down some of the narratives that people who, who throw at it. And one of the ones is how could you be a Christian when Christianity was used to control slaves and we, Christianity was beaten to slaves, right? And she basically, she was saying, well, not all slaves had this happen. And she read some of the slave narratives of, of slaves who, you know, actually, you know, there was a time where you couldn't go to church. Like where, you know, where Christians, where it was a time where Christians couldn't allow all other Christians. And then they changed the laws. And she read narratives of slaves who were, was beaten for going to church and beaten for reading the Bible. And... I, I see a lot of people who are Christians try to use to justify how Christianity was used in slavery. Like they're trying to, well, it was a different time back then. And, and you know, we talk about all the praying that was going on, nothing was done. And slavery was allowed to go on by Christian, good Christian slave owners. You know what I mean? So that the role of religion is, is definitely key <laughs> into the the post the slave syndrome the the hope the the false hope the the false you know what I mean it's just so I I think we can't ignore that fact at all I think I don't want to change the, the subject and go off subject <laughs> but the religion is such a strong a strong factor in our yeah we gotta have to read that go in ahead, our sure. life and in our community I'm going through something right now with a family member. And it's, it's a hard situation to go through. And as I'm sitting back thinking about this person is ill. And they're ill, but they didn't do everything that they could have done to better their illness or just plain out, just get rid of the illness. I believe that, that person, this person could have gotten rid of their illness if they would have done different things. But I believe that this person, part of the part of the reason why this person didn't do everything was because in their mind they thought all I have to do is pray right. because I believe in God and He's gonna save me. Mm -hmm. But now we're mm -hmm. here and things are you, your prognosis is <laughs> obsolete. Mm -hmm. Are you still thinking that way? <laughs> That's my question. Yeah, I wanted to read this song. Uh... This text right here real quick. I said, uh, the God our ancestors served before slavery are weak. I'm sorry, are not real, but weak and dumb. Because if it were real, we should have never been slaves. You know how many people say that? Or I've heard that, that so slavery many times. was a blessing? Yeah. You know, because it got us out of Africa. We'd be scratching our booties and all this other crazy stuff. I mean, so you'd rather you know, go through the troubles and trials 
of slavery, you rather see, you rather have a family member raped, taken away from their family, babies cut out, baby's head drilled in. The uh, sh they used a shoemaker's awl to drill these babies' heads in to change to level their brains because their parents were so fucked up. So let me drill the shoemaker's awl. If you don't know what the fuck a shoemaker's awl is. Google that shit. And they put these, these things in these babies' skulls to align their brains, to change their behaviors, to make them good Negroes. And you're going to tell me, you're going to say something as ignorant as that statement? That God would let this yeah. happen? Uh, Jerome Jackson said, uh, remember when you were younger and we said, uh, what did he say? He said, uh, what the, why am I having trouble? Fuck the path of the least resistance. We need to get back to that. <laughs> yes, indeed, man. Well, uh, you know, y'all, thanks say for joining us, man. Dagger, my man, the first big dick doggy, Bobby Rich Green, Lisa, Lisa, the little lady of the house. And uh, thanks again, man, for joining us, Jerome Jackson. Everybody, it was a great show. And thank everybody. Share it, like it. I'll be sending the podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, Breaker. You know what it is, man. The full disclosure show. And uh, thanks again. Tell, tell your people you love them, because tomorrow not promise. It's all love all day. Stay peace. royal, my loves. Peace, peace, peace.